Hello and welcome to the Fed by Farmers podcast with me, Cami Wilson. I am by myself again this week. Iona Murray, my co-host, is still not back from her holiday. She's been in Thailand now for what feels like months. I think it is just a single month, but it's far too long. This is this is like her gap year between leaving her old job and coming to work here full time. And it's the last time she'll ever be allowed to go abroad for that length of time. You heard it here first, I've not discussed that with her yet, and nor will I, because I, I have no right to say such a thing, but it's just how I feel ins inside, and I, I share all my inner, most deepest thoughts with you guys here on the podcast. Now this week on the podcast, we have Heather Wildman. For anyone who doesn't know, Heather, well, she won Scottish Farm Advisor of the Year at the recent awards, hosted by myself. Oh, it went down quite well, and, and she won the first award of the night, and she was just straight up, what a laugh. Got the crowd going. She has a real, she, she's she's charismatic, you would say, and you're going to see that a lot in this podcast. And I dare say there will be a lot of people listening who decide to take her on after hearing her story and what she can do for farms and for families. And, and our main focus of this podcast will be talking succession. So although, as I say in the podcast, it doesn't really apply to me at the moment because I have nothing to inherit Many people listening to this podcast may be in a situation where they haven't had that succession discussion yet, and this might be the, the catalyst or the kick up the backside that you need to get going. So there's no point in hanging around any longer. Let's just get on with the podcast. As always, if you want to support the podcast, please do check out our clothing at fedbyfarmers.co.uk, all custom-made Things, if you're watching the podcast, the garment I'm wearing just now, I'm teasing it. It's our shearing hoodie coming very, very soon. But without further ado, let's start the podcast. Uh, so we're joined today by Heather Wildman, award-winning, <laughs> uh, I was going to say farm advisor, is that the correct term? Uh, or? Yes. Yeah, award-winning farm advisor. Of course, you won the award at the Scottish Farming Awards. How was the host that evening? He was awesome. Yes, I did worry about. I think he looked terrified that I was never going to let you go, Cammy. To be fair, that that lifted because you were the first award of the night, and it was like to be fair, the mood was quite good and uh -huh. the music was going. And first award night, and I'm quite you know tense about the whole thing, thinking, oh, how's this going to go? And then Heather won the first award, and she's just up and she's <laughs> she's animated and yeah. excited. Oh, and, oh yeah, and I was skipping along. <laughs> <laughs> there was no doubting. I was a little bit chuffed. <laughs> yeah. okay. I've, I've had to do yeah. that. Oh, well done. Disappointed. Oh, uh, oh, you lost it before. Oh, well, didn't lose. Just runner up, Cammy. Okay. Never yeah, lose. Yeah. Yeah. First loser. First <laughs> loser. <laughs> uh, but you won it this time. <laughs> I did. I did. I was absolutely chuffed a bit. Thank you. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Heather? <gasps> Who is Heather? Uh, I am um, born and bred in Cumbria. Um, farmer's daughter on a beef and sheep hill farm uh, between Cockermouth and Keswick, a beautiful little valley called Lawton, uh, which is still home, definitely. Cumbria's always home. And been in Scotland now since uh, 1999, um, Succession uh, brought us up to there and farming and lived at Edinburgh, Belenno. But surely Succession wasn't even out then. No. <laughs> That's quite amazing, <laughs> Have you watched any of it? No, oh, it's brilliant. Is it? I've only yeah. watched the first full episode and a bit of the second. Oh, but no, yeah, I, I, I absolutely binged watched it. it was for, for anyone wondering, and I'm hoping, are we, are we talking about the thing with Brian Cox? Yes. Yes, yeah. right, okay. Because that was my joke. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was, I'm glad it landed and I, was yeah. like, I just killed the mood totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Everybody big, raves about it. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. It's so debauched and rich and excessive and terrible behaviour. Is it based on Rupert Murdoch? Yes, 
Right, okay. Yeah. Have you, I've not even got to find out who Heather is, now I'm away on a tangent here. <laughs> have you listened to, do you, ever, you don't listen to any podcasts really? Not too many, no. No, there's one. Only Fed by Farmers. Only Fed by Farmers, <laughs> which is and the only... number one podcast. Love it, I'll cut that into a shot. Um, thanks for that. Thank Sponsored you. today by Heather Wildman, thank you. Um, no, the, there's a podcast I really like called The Rest is Politics. Um, now, weirdly, like I'll tell you, I don't mind admitting it, I've never voted. Uh, never voted in a general election or, a, or a Scottish election. Never voted. So independence. I've voted in independence. Yes, yes. So you have. So voted. you have voted. Yeah, that's why I clarified it and said never All voted right. in a general election. Yes, yeah, so I have voted. Okay. That is, I've voted once in my life, and that was it. Um, that would have shocked me if you hadn't voted in that one. Yeah, of course, I'd be disappointed. Anyway, didn't vote. Well, I'm disappointed in a lot of people. Well, actually, do you know now I've had time to reflect on it. I was probably wrong at the time. What did you vote for? I voted for independence. <gasps> but, and I still think an independent Scotland in an ideal world would be great, but I think we need to learn a lesson from Brexit. And like any sort of uh, relationship like we have, like, like Britain had with Europe, mm -hmm. or like we have with England, if you leave, they've got to make you suffer. Mm -hmm. or, yes. or, or, or others yeah. will think it's a good idea to leave so for example if we left and we prospered mm -hmm. Wales would be like do you know what we're going to leave as well Yeah. and then Northern Ireland we have although I, I think there'll be a United Ireland before there'll be an independent Scotland 100% I do think that will happen but yeah I think now we'd be mad to go independent because they would punish us so much like they would crush us they would absolutely crush us yeah. So, yeah, so that's my cheer. What were you going to say about the rest of politics? Yes, yeah, so sorry. Yes. I did a tangent on a tangent. That's what happens here. Mainly it's because of Iona. Um, <laughs> so, the rest is politics. Great podcast. And for me, the rest is like politics in the UK is like my version of watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like, it's so ridiculous. It's a laugh. So, like, mm. I, find, I find it so entertaining. Like, listening to them talking about like Boris Johnson and Richie Sunak and all these guys that are like running the country. It's like, how did we get into this I know. mess? I know, and I find it, I find it just hilarious. So I, I listen to it because I think it's great crack, and it is <laughs> like it's hard to believe it's real. It is like if it was a TV show, you'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, that would never happen in real life, but it's happening. Yeah. So I listen to that, and they're quite good lads too. Well, they come across as, as good lads, but they do a, a show called Leading, a podcast called Leading, mm -hmm. which is different. It's, there is some politics in it, and they speak to politicians, but it's basically speaking to leaders in different fields, whether it's Anthony Joshua in boxing, although he's not much of a leader now, he's kind of number three or whatever he is. But, you know, I spoke to him, I've spoke to Angela Rayner, was a recent one who actually uh, was very interesting, her background. Like, she came from nothing. Like, finished school with no GCSEs. Mm -hmm. Her mum couldn't read or write. Really? Yeah, used to have to go around to her grands for, a, you know, like once a week for a bath and they all shared the bath water. Um, very, very interesting mm -hmm. story. When and she was a carer and built her way up in the unions. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not here to sell Angela, but they did one with Brian Cox. <laughs> Finally. There we My go. Point. We got to check. the end of the tangent. Four minutes. <laughs> oh, that was a tough ride. <laughs> Four minutes to get there. I, I, like, I didn't know. I didn't know where you were going with it. And no. I was there with you every step of the way, but I, was, I didn't know when we were going to come out that tunnel. Thinking back through what just happened, it was too much. <laughs> that was a lot. It was a bit much. But anyway, okay. the, we're just excited to have Heather here. Yeah, the rest of politics leading, they did an interview with Brian Cox. He was very pro-independence, I must say. Um, surprisingly, mm. he was very pro-independence. But uh, yeah, he was, he was good. He's quite... Um, Quite opinionated. Yeah. I thought he was perfect for the role he plays yeah. in succession. 
because he's quite boorish. And I don't know if you saw, he was actually just in the news yesterday saying that he would never do Strictly Come Dancing because it, it just makes a, it's too much of a joke show for oh, him. Really? Yeah. His brand and his image and everything. Mm. He's quite a cool guy ever since, you know, Braveheart. You know. I would love to do Strictly Come Dancing. That's and, my dream. Oh, would you? Yeah, I would like genuinely. I, I would love to. I'm why? just terrible. No, I'm. Oh, I'm a like. It would be mortifying. But yeah. I also wonder this if this podcast I would... could be a route in. Iona could be. Think of all Iona was. An, I'm not saying she's a nobody, but um, <laughs> she was unknown in the in, in the world of social media. Fair to say. Yeah, fair play. Big in the blackies, but well, not me, my dad. No, but everybody knows you as well in the blackies. So uh, now all of a sudden she's getting all these friend requests oh. on Facebook, aren't you? Yeah, so maybe more of those than I could be on Strictly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, exactly. Because it's all about the influences and the social media and everything now. Mm -hmm. We we'll say, I knew that I own it. Yeah. Look but at her go. I did a podcast with her once. I do. And she's right. She is a terrible dancer. <laughs> <laughs> who who would be your dad? Who were your pro dancer? Johannes. Oh, he's pretty awesome, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know any of them. I know Brendan or Brandon. Brendan. Brendan. <laughs> he's I, the best. He's, he's done really well. He's a Dutch now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He always used to be really nice. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, but I don't know. And and um, Anton de Beck. A Anton, I know him as well. And uh, I know Brendan's left, doesn't he? I know, I was, I was Brendan's left. Oh, who's, who's the judge? Anton. Oh, Anton's the judge. Anton's I was thinking judge. Brendan. Mm -hmm. And who, uh, there's a really good look one called Aliash. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you do you right up there? To be fair, it's been going for twenty years, so you, you do dip yeah. in. Yeah. Pick a bit of it up. Yeah. yeah. You see some now and again. That's eh? good. You dip in now and again, but yeah. So there you go, Brian so, Cox. Yes, Brian Cox succession. I interrupted that, um, and it was succession that led you up here. To Scotland, yes. Yes. And uh, was at Belenno, uh, worked for the Royal Hound Education Trust for a wee while there, which was great. Then um, we moved to New Cumnock, sunny Beirut of uh, Ayrshire, <laughs> uh, where um, we were there for 15 years, and now in Kakubri. And um, started up my own business in 2014. Savior Associates and staff management motivation um, and recruitment and did discussion groups at the time. And I wrote a leadership program for the young farmers and uh, cultivating leaders, which I have to say I'm hugely proud of, which you have met some of my cultivating leaders, Iona Smith. T tell me, Iona Smith, one of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She well, she's big in the women in agriculture. Yeah. Scene. We'll need to talk about that as well. Yeah, she's a she's a star. So, well, they're all stars of the cultivators. So, yeah, been really good. And what do I do? I just talk a load of nonsense, as you probably gathered today. Wing it, Wildburn. Fake it till you make it. And um, Hey, you're in good company. <laughs> okay, that's why I thought you are perfect for this. Because, I mean, look at us. So, what are, what are those things, winging wild? Wing it, Wildburn is basically, yeah, whenever an opportunity comes up, whether you know what you're doing, whether <laughs> you have a Scooby-Doo, uh -huh. one of, word of advice I got from a great man, Alan Beckett, was, Heather, the door slightly open, kick the bastard in. <laughs> and just say yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and just say yes and go for it. Uh -huh. And learn on the way and learn damn fast. Um, and uh, I think that's great advice because if you've got to wait till you know everything and are confident, the day will pass or somebody mm -hmm. else will be in and you'll have um, put but it you, off. But it's funny you say that, like, or you're confident, but like I would take from what you're saying there to be going, be confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and put your big girl pants on, yeah. smile, yeah. walk it, talk it, live it, breathe it, and you will become it. Yeah. Oh, 
like it. Oh, yeah, motivated. That's part of your motivational <laughs> speaking. I haven't and, started that and yet. And do, do you do a fair bit of motivational speaking? Yeah, I, I probably do, but don't sell it as that because I don't think what I do is motivational or anything. I, I just, I'm just me and just crack on and chat on. But if I see somebody and and you can see something in them, why wouldn't you just support them or mm-hmm. encourage them or just give them that little push? Because uh, it's amazing how many people... it. It's been, you're talking about Brian Cox and, you know, he's got that real charisma and you can see it. And he wouldn't go on Strictly because it would be little him kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what I've found as you go through your career, how disappointing some people are when you get higher up through the chains in a company and organisation. You think, oh my God, these people are brilliant. You know, they can, they know everything that walk on water. And then you think, oh my God, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's complete... um, can I swear? I use a lot yeah, of time. Yeah. You're, but you're you know, there's done. so much wanky piss and corporate <laughs> words. And, and yeah, it's just terrible. Oh, no, it's just a built up. <laughs> I just did not expect that at all. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That, that must out. be a company, I think. We, we've got that out the way yes, fairly quick. Let's same. get that set the tone. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and I just think, God, Heather, you know, if you if you just walk a little bit taller and, and learn a little bit more and a little bit smarter, you can smash this, yeah. you know, because a lot is belief. <laughs> I just totally threw me as well. It's not what I expected you to say. Um, it's not something I've ever heard before, but anyway, that was good. I'll leave it in. It's amusing. Um, it is an adult podcast. But, like, I'm a big believer in, in, in what you're saying. Like, confidence is everything. Mm-hmm. See, like, see, people are always impressed by confident people, even yeah. if they don't realise they are. And they're maybe a bit intimidated sometimes as well. Yes, it is a fine line, isn't it, of confidence and arrogance. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, and, and the amount of people saying, oh, God, Heather, we thought you'd be dead scary. You know, you're quite intimidated. And I think, what? Yeah. <laughs> I can't be, surely. But then that's people's... Uh, perceptions based on probably how they are you mm. know their own insecurities projecting that on how they view you yeah and yeah it, it's lovely the young farmers the cultivating leaders seeing some of these young ones come in that won't say boot or goose terrified and, and i'll drop them you know spare the moment you've got to do vote thanks you've got to do this that and the other and not thinking how terrifying it is just to speak without preparation and planning and see by the end of it, they've got to do a presentation in front of the Highland Show directors, sponsors, parents, whoever. And um, they're just shining. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and giving someone that lift and push and encouragement. Oh, it's it's fab. So it's a pretty cool job. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. But speaking in front of people is horrible. Says even, you. But even for me, like, I, I'm not the worst. See, at that award, but... you were just so natural. You look so comfortable and really at home on the stage. And... And your jokes and your stories, it was just so real. It was lovely. I, I, I honestly, I appreciate that. And people are always very, very nice. And yeah, I don't feel like it's very good. I'd have that, said if you were shy. I, I know you would. You <laughs> actually would. That's the thing. And, and it, it, it were really, really good. And hopefully get a chance to do it again next year. But funny, you touch on like fake it till you make it. And that is very much me when I'm doing public speaking. It's like, like I'll stress about it for the week before. Mm-hmm. Not looking forward to it. Never look forward to it, um, and you you worry. But I I learned from a very young age, and I can't remember. I think I to, maybe I've spoke about this in the podcast. Or I spoke to you. I was speaking about this recently. I should say, and I learned from a very young age that confidence is everything. Mm-hmm. So it used to be no matter whether it was like stand for. Like I used to speak a lot. I 
probably did. I mentioned this before, but borderline ADHD. I couldn't stop talking in class or pay attention to anything. So the teacher would often, to keep me involved in it, would make me stand up and read out passages and things oh, like that in the class, especially in English. I think I played like three parts in uh, Arthur Miller's The Crucible. <laughs> Is it The Crucible? Was the one with the witches? I don't know. Is it The Crucible? You're on your own this one. Yeah, I think it's The Crucible. So I think I played. See with confidence, I believe you. Ah, it's all about Salem <laughs> witch trials. All right. Uh, very popular play. Anyway, I played like three parts in it and I loved it. Uh, so, but it was all about, oh man, stand in front of the class, but see if you just got up there and like boom yeah. it out. Folk are like, wow, this guy's. And, oh, and so the confident. reaction from the audience as well gives you that other boost, doesn't it? And then that'll play to your other ego and side yeah. that you think, oh, that got a reaction. Once, and that didn't, once they and laugh at the first joke you're in. Yeah. Yeah. First joke was a good one, right enough. <laughs> Wasn't it mine? But it was good. I said, I, I, I feel. Well, I led in saying I failed all my exams, so it was a natural course to be a police officer and uh, blah, blah, blah. It says, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when the, when the results came in. Mm-hmm. Opened up. I'd even failed RE, which is religious education for anyone that doesn't know. And I remember just looking at it and thinking to myself, Jason Christ. <laughs> 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 boom, boom. Good day. There's one. There's one. Chop that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, your motivational speaking... You're teaching leadership or, or, or nurturing leaders. Farm, what about the farm advisors? Are you doing actual, like, do you so, do IACs for people and things? Oh, no? good God, no. Nothing practical and sensible like that. No, really? I do okay. uh, I do all the soft skills. Okay. Um, the soft skills. So it's all about people. My whole business is about people. So it's about um, staff management, motivation, team building, um, succession, family succession. But and that must be resilience. It's no... No, or you just really. coach them, you just go and speak it's to them about it? It's all just talking and getting people to, to chat and open up. My whole business model is about vision because I was laughing at one of your podcasts that you'd been on and saying that you'd read a book and uh, you shouldn't have goals because they're demoralising and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge that because I'm a big one in goals and yep. everything. Mm-hmm. You should review them and and sort of, Vivi, how are you doing? But I, I, I'm a big believer in goals. So vision, where are you, where do you want to be? How are you going to get there? And then communication, who do you need to communicate? What do you need to communicate? How do you communicate and how often? Different things like that. And then collaboration. Who have you got with you? Have you got the skills? Um, mm-hmm. And how do you get where you want to be? And, um, and yeah, that's that's what I do all of my work on, whether it's been a large accountancy firm, NHS, um, young farmers, um, anyone really. That's the simple model I work with. And, um, okay. and it's, it's got me so far all right. Oh, definitely. Now, I should say, I, I know, I can't remember if that was Andy Frazier or who was speaking to about the goals. I suppose I kind of do have one goal, and, and I keep referring back to it. Like, I do have this uh, kind of dream in my head to own a farm someday. Because I just, partly because I like the idea of, and it is very, very rare these days, that, and this sounds like, oh, God. like But, like, for somebody to start from nothing and buy a farm, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know anyone that's done it. So, like, I'd, I'd love to just be the one that could do it so we, I keep driving towards that and we will do it some I, I'm fairly sure we will do it someday I think you will um, so we're still work, but I don't believe in yeah I don't really it was a great book I can't remember what it was I read oh, one of these motivational nonsense things I sometimes listen to them in Audible but it was you know you always get wee nuggets yeah and the, their thing wasn't about so don't set goals mm-hmm. because then you can fail and, and it demoralises you and sets you back and you think oh he's all about setting up systems in your life so, like, if you keep doing the same thing, the results come. So just set up productive systems, whether that be, I'm going to do a, like, I'm not going to set a goal that I'm going to have 5,000 listeners on this podcast by set date. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a podcast every week 
the best guests I can possibly get. We are going to do a podcast every week. I said either too many times, sorry. We are going to do a podcast every week with the best pe- guests we can possibly get. And, and that's my system. They don't turn up, you call in the likes of me. And- <laughs> no, 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 no. I just speak to Iona. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 but that is the system. The results will come. Do you know what I mean? I don't set a goal. I don't say this podcast has to do that. But do you not think failure can be good? I I I think there's too much holding farmers and agriculture back because the fear of failure, the fear of their pride. And um, there's, oh, um, I forgot, you know, there's many entrepreneurs and philanthropists that will not entertain you if you haven't failed at least four times. Because if you've never failed, you've never tried hard enough. You've never pushed mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't win every marathon. You can't get every contract. You can't, you know, there, there was, and, you know, this thing is schools now that there isn't winners and there isn't losers. That's bollocks. Oh, you know, that. in life there that. are. Participation and medals. Yeah, yeah. You know, in life there is winners and losers. Yeah. And it's how you react to that rejection, to that failure mm-hmm. that really defines your personality going forward. And, and it's what you learn from that failure so I think yeah was it the wrong goal was it the wrong strategy was it the wrong approach the wrong preparation the wrong team around you whatever it might be but then you learn and if that goal is still important to you then you're you're tweaking your system but Mm. I I, I would argue like I'm I'm, like I've had a lot more defeats and losses than than I've had victories and even when I used to run I was I was a very good runner hardly won a race Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I was good, but I wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying about failures and failing goals, in most cases, I would, cases I would guess, they're not actually failing the goal. They're failing on a ste- step on, on the route to the goal. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a failure. It's just a wee setback. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's a, a failure such a final. can be such, Well, I just think, like, it's not a failure. That's not the way I would look at that. I'd look, ah, just that's not the way to reach the goal. Let's do something else. And that, and I think that's the whole. It's been afraid to try, not yeah. afraid to fail. And it's 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 that. Are you an optimist or a you know an yeah, pessimist? I'm definitely an optimist. And I am as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say, right, well, no, that wasn't a failure. It just I didn't do it right, you know. So if I if someone says no to me, I'm not asking the right questions or I'm asking the wrong person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of my view. If I really am determined to do something, but it's not working, I'm thinking, right. So I need to review myself. Thinking, where am I going wrong with this? Why am I not got people? Why am I not getting people on board? Why am I not getting the back in? And then you sort of think, right, okay, I'm going down the wrong audience, wrong route, whatever. And then you learn and then you move it forward and then you find you've got the right people, the right message, the right timing, and suddenly things start becoming easier. I think as well when you mention about um, there's a lot holding farmers back in terms of fear of failure. And I think it's what's sort of different with farmers is they're, if they fail, it's much more public than, say... Oh, we loved we're the farming we over can, the, the, the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whereas we can work away on, you know, things ourselves. You can and see if they've uh, sowed something wrong or the fertiliser mm. spread has not been set right or something, can't you? The strips and everything. Yeah. And, and it's it's there for weeks and months, isn't it? So have you had quite a lot of farmers come on board? Yeah. Oh, no, I've been, re- I've got some great clients. I have. And some, some pretty tough ones. Um, but I've worked in agriculture all of my career. And I've had some uh, great um, character building jobs, I should say. I've been a sales rep in farming. Um, really is quite insightful in different personalities, how people are with you and how they treat you. And uh, God, I've had some some tough gigs and been yeah pretty abusive and stuff as mm. well. 
But then I've also had some great relationships. When I was um, sales repping in Northern Ireland, I would only be, what, 20... 223 selling capital plant bulk tanks it was when the milk marketing board disbanded and milk mark came on and i was um quoting for every other day bulk tanks and so i was only young selling capital plant you know anything from sort of 16 to fifty thousand pounds a young lassie in northern ireland and uh, god we had farmers i had to go every wednesday for my supper and mm-hmm. uh, and there were checkup on us and i had to go here there and everywhere and they even came and visited mum and dad when they came for the holidays to the lake district mm-hmm. you know it's so different how mm-hmm. you're regarded in different parts of the community and everything as well. So, uh, no, it's been good. Yeah, and part of the reason that I thought about yourself, not just because you're such a fun character and so positive, was because of a, a little comment I made that seemed to really strike a, a nerve with people. And it was the, the twice a boy, once a man thing that I put on Facebook and various platforms. And, yeah, I did not expect it to be, yeah, as it gets such a reaction. It really, really struck a nerve with a lot of people. And someone tagged you and said, you know, should get you on to speak about succession. And it's a thing that I I know nothing about succession because it it doesn't really apply to me. Hopefully one day it does. Mm -hmm. Hopefully one day I'm successful enough that it does. But right now it doesn't. And and, and certainly I have nothing to inherit. So, you know, I don't need to worry about that. But what is succession? I suppose succession is the transition of a business or a legacy from one generation to another. It's, it's succeeding the business. And um, it can be done fantastically well without any conscious, you know, all we hear about is the horror stories mm-hmm. and the people that have been, you know, d- devastated by either been misled or mistreated and different things like that but many many families it just naturally happens and it's done very very well very privately very sort of compassionately as well and then other families it can be quite insightful of Mm. of control and um lying and and just not overstepping the mark in case then we'll just change it change the will and it's like blackmail and and what are the Biggest hurdles. I imagine the biggest issue of succession is too many kids want a slice of the pie. No, um, I I don't know. There isn't, um, you know, one thing when I did my research in 2016, I went to Australia to research it because there's loads of accountants, lawyers, solicitors doing tax, you know, because for most farmers, their ambition is to have on their headstone written, carved in big words is I farmed and paid no tax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never made a profit. Yay, yay. That's, uh, you know, well well done. Um, but, you know, what's right for the tax person isn't always what's right for the family. So I always think leave enough money for therapy and counselling. <laughs> and so, and I was I was really keen to know about the people side because, like I say, I, I left school at 15, very few qualifications. Um, and I've always just sort of talked. I've been very, very lucky, had some great jobs. So in Australia, um, there was a lot of work and investment been put on succession because of the boom and bust with the drought and everything, uh, the isolation, and there was a lot of male suicides. So Rabobank was a, a big company that was doing a lot of investment and there was some really highly regarded succession coaches and facilitators out there. So that's kind of when I went out, did a lot of research, came back and, and made my own little way of doing it, which is different to other people's, but it, it seems to work for me. Mm-hmm. But some of the biggest hurdles is um, it, it's so emotive, the land the value of it yeah. and everything as well. And and that entitlement to, I, it's, I'm the best person to farm this going forward. It should be mine. Uh, it has to, it can't be split up. It has to be one person. 
Um, other times it's um, there's just a challenge of personalities, different values, different working ethics and everything. And, and young bull and old bull don't get on. And, and one's controlling, the other won't let them in. Mm. Um, and that's the sad thing I think I see is when um, the senior farmers maybe hold on too long. And, and that crushes the, the opportunity for the next generation coming in. Because, you know, we all know when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're pretty resilient, aren't you? You've got a lot more energy. You can bounce back more. You can do the hours and everything. But then once you get into the 40s, 50s, you become a little bit more conservative, maybe a little bit less risk averse and um, and all worried about what what if it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And funny, sorry to interrupt you, because I, I said to you before, this uh-huh. I'm terrible for it. I watch these back and I, I'm, I'm sitting on my hands because I'm like, <laughs> mm, mm, I want to say things all the time. But uh, another kind of, I, I listen to these quotes sometimes on different things and it's, they stick in my head. And there was a great one the other day I, I heard that, and someone attributed it to J.K. Rowling. Uh-huh. And, and I thought it'd be good for this podcast. And you've kind of given me an opportunity here just speaking about the ages as you grow. And it's, there's, there's I, I tell you who it was, it was Jimmy Carr actually was on Diary of a CEO. It's all coming back to me now. Um, and, and he was talking about it. And he said that there's a a huge difference between a 16-year-old saying, oh, my dad won't let me do that, and a 40-year-old mm. saying, oh, my dad won't let me do that. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you have to... At, at, at one point at 16, we say, oh, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to 40, you're like, well, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's the difference? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, at sixteen, you say, "Ah, oh, well, fair enough." It's your dad. You know, you should. You're only sixteen, but then you're forty, and you're still saying that. If you're not able to control and implement and do, you know, and and that's so. Actually, sometimes you've got to be. You know, you've got to be really careful to generalize everything as well, because some people don't want the the leadership. They don't want mm-hmm. the responsibility. They're very happy being told what to do, uh, and you know, and and often that that's fine. And then it moves on to the next generation. It can miss the ownership of one generation because it just naturally goes on. But I think it is sad when it, it breaks people and controls people. But you you were saying, is it, you know, too many people want a piece of the pie? Not always, because I've seen some really, really small businesses, like incredibly innovative and um, and entrepreneurial in how they make an existence and a really decent existence from a fairly challenged small holding and then I've seen other families with significant property, significant wealth, significant entre- uh, enterprises and different mm-hmm. things. They just feck it up. Mm-hmm. You know, destroy it because of greed, because of, you know, I was down on one farm, beautiful, and the dad had just been able to identify opportunities south of London. And um, he just got land and then managed to get uh, planning on it and things and Millions became multi-millions, um, but they had uh, dairy and they had very, you know, skilled uh, family, but three boys and, you know, different skill sets, all of the boys, they each wanted one farm. They had numerous enterprises and it was like two kids. But they all wanted the same farm? Yeah, the same one farm, even though there was all of these yeah, there could be huge opportunities yeah. within mm-hmm. their own. And it just reminded me of kids... At home, in the yeah. living room, when you've got a farmyard and everything. No, but that's mine. Mm-hmm. No, but that's mine. But I want it. But no, that's mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was bizarre. And you're thinking, yeah. God, you've got all of this, but we're fighting over this. What's stopping you replicating it, taking some money, 
selling off and replicating this in your own entity, in your own name, in your unique style. Why does it have to be that? But, you know, I'm not emotionally attached as they are. And that's where I've got, you've got to be careful not bringing your own unconscious biases into it, I guess, and be respectful of their emotional attachments. But yeah, it does beg a belief sometimes. And what is your role in that situation? <laughs> it can vary from uh, pacifier uh, and, and uh, consoling and counsellor, uh, but facilitator. So I, I facilitate the meetings, ensure everyone has a chance to so speak. You, you, the family's there plus you and a yeah. lawyer. Um, sometimes there's um, a professional there as well, an accountant or solicitor or land agent. It, it depends really on the family situation. So, so for example, the one I was at on last Friday, it was a mum and a son and a daughter. And uh, that one, sadly, the dad had died and um, mum had inherited it all, got her estate and everything done. And she'd not really had any of the freedom of the finances or anything. So shouldn't she was in a position of wealth? And life insurances had paid out and everything as well. And the son and daughter, there was 10 years difference between them. Very, very different individuals. And mum was wanting to have the chat with them now to make sure that they knew where they were and that she could prepare and plan for them so that, um, so that because she knew they would struggle to get on. There was a big age difference. There were very different friendships and, and okay. um, sort of interests, if you like. So it was how to manage it going forward and who would take on the farm and what did they want out of it. So that was quite a, a nice one, actually. And they were able to be very respectful um, I've had uh, other ones where I was brought in because, oh, this was a good one. Um, this was a, a dairy farming and it was the accountant that brought me in on this one because the farming client of the accountant, the dad had come in with his two sons that are in partnership and he'd uh, instructed the accountant to give one of the sons notice that he was being put out of the partnership. The son knew nothing about this prior to the meeting, prior to just going in what he thought was a year-end review with the accountant. Oh, jeez. And the son, uh, 50, um, 50 and 40. I wasn't at that particular oh, meeting. Right, okay. Oh, he's brought in after so that. So I was brought yeah, in yeah. afterwards. So the son, quite rightly, was shocked and saying, but why? What have I done? Why me? And why not him? What have mm. I done? And dad just sat silent, mm. wouldn't answer. So the accountant was in a terrible position. Mm -hmm. And and then that son blames the accountant. So I was brought in uh, to try and mediate and take them to these two boys. And it was unbelievable. Uh, so the way I start is um, I have to speak to everyone, see if they agree that they want to work with me because it's no good if there isn't respect. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had to one-to-one -one with um, if each. If they say no, you just kick the door open anyway. Yeah. And say, oh, <laughs> Do you know Tough what you're walking shit. with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes it's if, if there's not a buy-in yet. Sit down. Yeah. All right, I'm in charge here. You had your I, chance to cooperate. I have had to do that. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was a mother. It. I was a mother. Gosh, she was feisty. And, uh, <laughs> Tell us about they that. Were, like, the, the ladies. The but ladies these, but this, these two boys, like 50, yeah. 51 or 49. So I send a questionnaire and mm. I said, right, fill them out with your wives. And because the reason this partnership had broken down was the two wives had had a fight in the garden. One fight had physically assaulted wife physically assaulted another wife so um it's, the ladies are the fiery ones so, right so fair enough you know the, there was a bit of a, a battle on and one wife would have nothing to do with the other and mum and dad were in the middle and caught out so they had to kind and of pick can one. i just say like, i know of at least two families 
uh, farming families in Ayrshire where that's a similar story. So like, I bet you there's loads oh. of people listening to this that can relate. Yes. Like the wives not getting on. Yeah, and, 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 and this is not a downer on the wives at all because sometimes often it's the husbands reasons. themselves that don't go but, on, of course. But that yeah. it's funny how that can mm-hmm. that can be. But know? it was amazing. So I sent the questionnaires out. And I said you must fill these out with mm-hmm. your partners because often. Um, the, the in-law uh, or the outlaw is more business savvy and can influence the debate. If they haven't brought it up in the family meeting, it can un- unravel everything down the scene. So we'd all filled the questionnaires in and these boys were absolutely adamant. They were very, very different. You could not have seen two forms filled out exactly the same. Each thought they were the best person. They ran mm-hmm. the farm. They yeah. made all the others. The other brother was an idiot, an idiot. A waste of space, lazy, did nothing. We do this, this, and this. Oh, and it's like, God. you couldn't have made it up. And then we had the the interviews via Zoom at that point with the wives and everything. And uh, and then, but yeah, there were, and, and dad did not want to choose one son over the other. And, and that's what it came down to. So then we went through a whole heap of scenarios in the kitchen with them, just with the sons and mum and dad. We didn't bring the daughters-in-law in. And yeah, sell it, do this, one buy the other one out. And, and it, so it got to the point, right, if we're going to, let's buy it out, because dad wouldn't make the choice between mm-hmm. them. He says, I can't choose one son over the other. So, right, you each need to go and get financial, do a business plan, and, and come up with a proposal of how you can buy the other one out. So the one that was really confident, all the talking, it was amazing when we eventually, a year down the line, sat down with the solicitors in the meeting, his solicitors, he'd given them no information. His solicitors were completely in the dark because I said, well, because and, and I said, but we've done this, this and this and all these reports. And we've done the valuation and we've we've agreed all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this client, your client has had the chance to do this. And, and he thought, I think I need to with my client. And it was bizarre. It was just all bluff. And he hadn't done anything. So the other son, the dad, ended up have, voting for the other son because he'd gone to the bank. Mm-hmm. He'd got mm-hmm. a professional dairy consultant to the business the plan. And he mm-hmm. was up and on. And, and the other one pleaded, oh, but I haven't had a chance. And mm, So it was really yeah. interesting. But he looked the stronger, yeah. more professional, had all the talk. But when it came to doing the business acumen and everything, the other one had got his ducks in a row, got a strong team. He'd got his vision communicated it okay. and he had his collaboration of advisors mm-hmm. and people around him and but I did tell him be careful what you wish for because you're the one that's now farming in partnership <laughs> with your dad the other one's got the cash, got a heap of cash. and it's yeah. yeah. free to go off and, yeah. and do whatever and and it's I keep ringing as well mm-hmm. yeah Very and I just point. said be careful what you wish for and I ring him up every now and see how he's doing he says oh god dad this and I said well you've got to you know mm. just Put those rules in place. Um, so no, it, it's 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 a hugely privileged position because you do get the warts and all. And uh, yeah, and listen, there'll be so many people be able to relate with that with that story you're telling there. And, and just I'm just wondering as you're speaking there and you're saying you're you know you're back and forth a few times. Do you, how do you charge these people just at an hourly rate? How does how do your services work? I tend to do a day rate, but that particular client we talked we did a bit of a gauge about how long it was going to be, and because some clients all they need is a one off meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just come in, set the scene, give them some structure, just give them some guidelines and then away they go because they generally then have to go to the accountant, the solicitor and things. And that's my role done. For other families, they'll say, do you know what, Heather, we're going to we're gonna put you on a retainer and we're going to keep you till this process is done because we have the meetings. I'm in it, everything and record it. And and the minutes the meetings happen because they're booked in. Whereas often if it's just left down to families, oh we're a bit rushed or oh God, there's a cow calving. Mm-hmm. Or, Heather's coming today, you have to be here. Yeah. 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 And and most people are also deadline 
orientated. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't happen until there's a deadline. Oh, am. God, we were meant to chase this. Yeah. We said we'd do this. I, I've got 1,200 words to write for Scottish Farmer by tomorrow morning. So, oh, yeah. we could do that for you this afternoon, then. We'll just... <laughs> we do, do rattle that out. Positive. <laughs> no, no, I'll manage it. I'll wing it. I'll copy and paste something yeah. from the Farmer's Weekly. Oh, <laughs> 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 that's nice. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> but no, it, like, so the dairy... And it, I think a lot of people listening might be thinking, you know, Heather could be the one. Mm -hmm. how, how would they get in touch with you? What's your email? Or uh, info at saveyourassociates.co.uk. So say that's a bit slow. Are you saying serial associates? Save, yeah. Save your associates, sorry. Save, saving asses and kicking asses. Love it. Love it. Need to get that in a t-shirt. So <laughs> uh, info at... Save, yeah. S-A-V-I-O-U-R. Associates. O-C. Okay, okay. There we go. So anyone wants to get in touch with you, yeah. I think yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of people listening to think actually that hell's just what you need just to sort this family. I feel out. like I want you in my life. Oh, <laughs> I want you in my life. Like, oh, this is lovely. I feel you, the guys, warmth. you guys are too nice. It's I like can your, feel your the dad's warmth. got it sorted. Yeah, the warmth and the love. But it's um yeah, and what we're lucky with in Scotland, I know your listeners are worldwide and I am very yeah, up for I am very up for a trip to wherever in the world. Can, can I, can, I, I I'm jumping in again. You know we've got five listeners in Iraq. <laughs> are five downloads in Iraq? What? Yeah, no, Iraq. Isn't that amazing? Mad. Not, oh, yeah, well, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to go to Iraq. <laughs> sure, it's a lo lovely this time of year here. Yes. <laughs> Tropical. Yeah. So, um, but the, brilliant in Scotland though, we've got this great FAS Farm Advisory Services, part of your land management option. You get it all paid, so you get a thousand pounds put towards your succession. Oh, so, so you're you're fee could be covered absolutely so there is you, you know because a lot of the thing is the cost get ready for the emails i know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's interesting um, and, and, and succession to me yeah part of it's mediating and, and large families yeah it's a nightmare or it can be a nightmare of course but as a big part of succession as well the dangers how does inheritance tax work with farms like i know nothing about inheritance no tax. and and to be fair it, it can be one of the biggest hinders of transitioning businesses over because your accountant would tell you you know the most tax efficient way to to die is to die an active farmer never be a retired farmer because then and this is where you know i am not you know legally trained so i always i mean you can say anything on here and as long as you say it with confidence yeah, yeah, yeah say yeah. it with confidence <laughs> yeah. uh, but i also do make sure you get proper legal and professional advice before you take <laughs> make any yeah, changes yeah. but yeah it, it if you if you die an active farmer um if it's all in your name and i'm you're in my will to get it you would get Thank it you. at the today's value okay so rather than at the price that i bought it mm -hmm. 70 years ago um Whereas if I, um, oh, I can gift it over and live seven years. Um, yeah, I thought it was a seven-year thing because I, I thought that's what most farmers did was was gift it over as they get nearer the end and, and try and get, you know, last another yeah, seven years. Yeah, and, and, and there's, you know, there's a big um, influence now because of care home costs as well because you don't want to have too much assets and wealth in your own name if yes. potentially one of the partners in the business um, is going to need care home facilities. Mm. But, the you know, we're talking succession. Many, many times the farming child gets the farm and the non-farming kids will get maybe mum and dad's bungalow or the house or any shares or pensions and anything that's left. But what we aren't aware of is what would be left if those said parents then have care that would be the the resources that would get drawn on first from the care home facilities. So potentially the off-farm kids could end up with very, very little mm -hmm. because that is the easier route to go down for the councils than the farm. Um, yeah. yeah, and of course farms never make money. 
and they never make money. Yeah, that's another great thing. And there's enough, you know, inhabitants living in there as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So sorry, we went down a bit of a. No, but it's good to talk about these things because it applies to so many people. You know, we do we have a laugh here, but it's also good to talk serious sometimes. And the thing you're referring to there is something that we, I suppose, we kind of refer to as like their payout. You know, like generally speaking, the the ones that don't want to be farmers. You know, let's say the son or daughter that's going to farm gets a farm and then they'll get a, usually get a house, mm-hmm. like you say, or, or you know, depending how big the farm is, depends how big the house they get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of it. It's very, very common. Mm-hmm. But I always thought, and this is me because I'd love to have a farm, I always think yeah. they're so short-changed. Like, I always think, oh, like, they're getting like a, a £1.5 million pound farm and, and you get a £300,000 house. Mm-hmm. So where's, where's the balance? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I always think, but then... It, it, sometimes it's only for these farms to survive because these farms yeah. couldn't, you couldn't pay out half the value of the farm or crush the farm. Yeah, exactly. So you need that wee mm. bit of understanding that this has been in our family for generations. Like I can, I could crush my brother and sister here and say, I want half of this, even though I've no interest in farming, mm-hmm. I want half the value of this yeah. farm and you, and you crush them, but you've got, you've got £750,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you think how lucky you are that you're getting a house that many could only dream of for, and, and for nothing. you know, where's this entitlement as well? This I is know, what, that's I, what I, yeah. I get so frustrated and thinking, why should you get anything? You I, know, anything yeah. you want, get off your backside and go and earn it I and do it yourself. So you know, you're not entitled to get anything. And mum and dad, you know, so many times I've seen mum and dad knackered and broken, have done everything to hand over the kids and then they don't appreciate it, they don't value it or they sell it or, you know, it, it goes downhill. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, this is a crazy system. It's, you're spot on. And, you're so spot but, on. But yeah. what is nice now, I'm seeing some people say you get nothing. You've got to go off, uh, work t- 10, 20 years, come back. And if you want to be a part of this business, do a business plan and buy into it mm-hmm. and buy us out. So therefore, you've got ownership, you've got skin in the game, and and you've got a real direction and, mm-hmm. and a goal mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, or I've seen others say, um, I've got four kids, mm-hmm. um, love them all equally, which, you know, that instantly they're lying. Absolutely. Lying. Absolutely. <laughs> lying. <laughs> Are you not? I, I bring this up regularly, but I know it was actually an accident. I, uh, I wasn't um, an accident. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've <laughs> got, we've got to convince. But it's weird though. Like sometimes, like we think like that. Like you're probably the favourite. That's the thing. You, you, you just don't know. You'll, you'll never know. But you know, just we all think we're either the favourite or the black sheep. And I know I'm neither. Well, my, my family don't even know they've got a daughter. Do you know what it's <laughs> like? You know, you know what? <laughs> oh, oh, you've got, you've got a daughter. I, I was going to say, you know what it's like, like when you're going round the house. Like you might see a odd wee like funny like, wee lamb that's never going to make you a pound. And they're all called Iona. But, but you get, you get, you know, you. you you, you like it, it becomes like your wee favourite, even though it's never going to do you a turn. And that's like you, Iona. <laughs> oh, I can see why you come to work every day, Iona. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Ah, oh, you look like the wee sway back lamb that everybody loves. Oh, yeah. No, no. So, you know you should do it with you. Uh, yeah, nap it just on the heat and just get it actually. done, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so some families, they will say it, it's got to be split four ways. And, and I've seen that done, and you can see the farm kid aghast and thinking, what am I going to do here? And I said, well, that's fine, as long as you know from day one. So whenever you come into the partnership, then one of the, the really good ways of doing that is to value everything on that day. And then that is what that farming kid knows they've got to pay out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the end uh, after their second parent's death. And and you can also put a timeline after the second death because 
you know, you hope, well, Glad it's a do. good incentive to keep your mum and dad alive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long like as possible, that. put them yeah, in the yeah. freezer. <laughs> and, um, but also, um, it depends, it, you know, we don't know, they could live 30, 40 years, depending on the age they are, or it could be really tragically quite quick. So sometimes you really need a little timeline to how quick you're going to pay that over. And then that farming kid, anything they add value is for their family and for their yeah. business. Mm-hmm. So it really, it, yeah, it yeah. really incentivizes them to get stuck in and everything. And then they know they've got however much money to pay out so they can start either um, putting money into other projects, other businesses, buy a house. Um, and, you know, they don't have to wait till death. If they come into money, they can pay the siblings off sooner. And I've seen even some families say, well, look, you know, you're going to have to wait longer. What we'll do is give you 20, 30, 40,000 pounds now mm-hmm. to, to get you started because the farming kid is able to play with their legacy instantly. So you could either buy a house, put a deposit on a house, start a business, extend a house or whatever. And mum and dad can see those children doing something as well. Mm. So, but there's often a caveat in that, that if the farming kid does sell the farm within a certain time, that they then have to pay some of the uplift to the non-farming children that took as you're right they maybe had to share a four hundred thousand bungalow between two of them mm-hmm. whereas the other one got a two million pound farm mm-hmm. so that's if, very fair though yeah that's very fair and, and then they should you know, be about keeping the farm going not yeah about because they're not going to get necessarily huge income from it and and a lot of the off farm kids they just want to be able to see the farm continue mm-hmm. to be able to bring their kids to play and things as well um but or if there's planning they get an uplift and things are is it hope value or something as well so you can put those little caveats in so that's quite clever i think but then we have had other families that yeah no one farm one child gets it the others, you know, you've gone to college, you bought a flat or whatever, and that's just the way it is. But as long as people know, and it's managing that expectation, because mm-hmm. there's some farming families out there that are in for a shock, because I know myself, you cannot judge a book by its cover. You see some businesses and you think, wow, this is mm-hmm. amazing. And then you look at it, you know, it's it's possibly only a tenth is owned by the farmers. You know, the rest is Aunt Mabel in Australia, the mm-hmm. bank and cousins and things yeah and it's a thing we talk about a lot on this podcast for as short a time as we have been running but like and what a lot of the public need to realize i think is is, we all know this is farming but loads of farms are asset rich Mm -hmm. and cash poor like that is basically farming Mm -hmm. yeah not in all instances of course Uh, you've got owner there's the exception but (laughs) um chris flat's great but uh, you have a lot though that are like asset you know and i i'm hard on boys you know they'll come Mm -hmm. on pleading poverty to me but I'll call them a millionaire mm. because a lot of them are millionaires. Yeah. And albeit it's on paper, mm-hmm. but quite yeah. nice to be a millionaire on paper. You know, what I would really love families to do when they do a will power of attorney, I should be on commission for these. Have you two got your wills and power of attorneys no. in place? No. I, don't, I don't have a you will. You should, you've got children. Yeah, but surely it just all goes to them. No, not if you two are um, killed. Who looks? Who's guardian? Who looks after them? That'd be my mum. So that's all right too. But would you want her? And yeah. Nobody else would be jumping into. No. Maybe you wouldn't know. Somebody else might Because they become a I mean, ward of the court. No, Yeah. Yeah. Like the old Catholic Church thing. There's, de- there's an old thing, and I believe it. It's like the the priest would come to the deathbed and be like, "Yeah, okay, okay." He told me before he died that the church is to get the farm. <laughs> And I tell you what, like, say what you want to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No offense to our, our friends in the Catholic Church, but. In all religions, there's a bit of that happening. I believe that. that, that is, it makes too much sense to me. Mm. There's still a lot of farms owned by the church. 
Are they? Oh, the Catholic Church is the largest landowner. I actually also am not ashamed if anyone's wanting to leave legacies to the Saviour Associates. You know, we've got a great disposition and <laughs> uh, service as well. Head up, head up coming out from the dead. He whispered to me before he died, we're going to leave it to Heather. <laughs> She's transformed this business. She's kept the family together. We wouldn't be here without her. He said to me, see that young lad on the sheep game? <laughs> Give him this bloody farm to stop him going on about it. Um, Someone give him a farm. But yeah, no, that, well, that's our sponsorship deals out the window now that yeah, I've, uh, I know. I've yeah. mentioned the, the, a religion like that. But, no. I but think it, it not is. nowadays they don't do that. But can, no, I just say, I think... can I just say that doesn't work nowadays? This, is, this <laughs> was before. Mm-hmm. This was before. Yeah, before Cammy or after Cammy. Uh, this, uh, this is BC. BC. This is BC. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, this was about 100 years BC. Yeah, BC, yeah. not yeah. AC. <laughs> We'll just keep digging. Focal bad gas that we've referenced BC as before. Cam. That is going to cause some. Oh my god! I'll cut all this. Oh my god! Well, so I think it is important though. Before we finish, all that stuff's been really good. We've got to touch on a bit about the women in agriculture that you're involved with. What is your actual role? So in- now I've uh, retired from the committee. You get your three-year term. Okay. So uh, oh, I love being a part of it. Some great women, uh, and we did some great initiatives and uh, met a lot of fantastic businesses and people along the way. Uh, but no, I stood down in November. What was your role? I was chair, chair yeah. lady of the Women in Ag Scotland. And who is Chair Lady now? We've got the wonderful Carol Brunton, um, okay. and she's great. She works for the Royal Hound Education Trust. I've been delighted to facilitate two of her children through the Cultivating Leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can say Carol's been a great role model um, and, a, and a big supporter, and uh, she's going to do great. And then we've got a wonderful vice chairman, the great Iona Smith from Ayrshire. Yes. Uh, and a, a lovely committee. And it it's nice. There's new people come on every year, and you meet and the skills and uh, passions. And, um, no, it's been a really lovely thing to be involved in. And does women in agriculture have goals? Does it have, like, a... Uh, uh... Yeah, it's got. We've got our mission and statement, mission yeah. statement that we want to do, and because there's a number of sort of women in ag, different events and things, so we want to make sure we're not uh, replicating, mm-hmm. duplicating different things. So ours is more about the inspiring, the networking, and opening doors, um, and and there's a bit more social, which folk won't really be surprised when they know me. Yeah. No. <laughs> and do you feel there has been a shift in more women getting into agriculture? Oh, definitely. Um, I see that, I suppose, through uh, a director of the Highland Show. There is definitely more women coming on board, um, standing forward for directorships and things as well. Looking at the cultivating leaders this year, we're just about have a majority of women coming in. And, you know, I'm blown away how many women want to be a Hill Shepherdess. Mm. You know, like, why? I could think of nothing worse for myself. Does, does Yorkshire Shepherdess Amanda Owen get some credit Amanda, for Amanda, now, I was speaking to a friend last night, and they're, Clive and Amanda are back together, apparently. Okay. We heard a Exclusive. story. Yeah, we heard a story the other day uh, that, that's quite exciting. So, yeah, no, that's good for them. Yeah, they're doing a lot of projects and different things. And uh, my good pal Philby is a joiner and helping them build a project that they're doing so there good. we go oh, no, um, good on them. so yeah it's and, certainly and, made and them the show is absolutely you know, and hannah of course the red shepherdess mm-hmm. hannah know, jackson's well, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, oh there's lots of female i was thinking more the hill farming thing yeah. obviously but yeah hannah's hannah's great so and, nice but it so is nice. yeah and and you know this we'll, we will get her on i've already spoke to her and danny are going to come up and come on the oh podcast great they're class they're just great yeah folk. i think you know i saw her she was posting about getting a folk are giving a hard time because she's not posting so much for 
I mean, she's just had a child, and and she's gone through losing one, um, and everything. And you, you know, your your journey and your world changes. And you know, I, I can't imagine the fan base you've got. You know, they've got a vision and an expectation, and and it is amazing, isn't it? How and this is the farming community that the side I don't like is that tall poppy syndrome. We love it when someone gets going and, oh, we're voting for the, the wee yeah. man, the wee lassie mm. and everything. And right behind them, oh, isn't this great? You know, they're promoting this and the speaking and funny. And then they start making commercial side of it and, and changing things and getting a bit bigger and bigger. And then, oh, my God, how the community can get right yeah. against them then. Funny, I, I always say with the sheep, you know, I'm always very conscious of the sheep game thing and, um, you know, don't get me wrong. If we get to the point where we get the farm, then maybe we we'll say, okay, you've you've done well at it. But I think MD who looks at my pickup <laughs> and the equipment that I use and the setup we have knows we're not we're doing well, mm-hmm. but we're not like mm. minted. Um, but folk will always back you when you're doing. Mm-hmm. They won't yes. back you when you're up. I know, and it's I it's know, sad. It flips. Isn't like, it yeah, terrible? It's, it's a sad. We want to see failure, and I don't know why. And rather than celebrating the success and. That's something I think with women in ag, we are very good at is trying to bring out the success and get behind opening doors, mm-hmm. encourage more women. And and I am seeing more family farms. It's the daughter that's coming in. But there was a, a month when I was doing family meetings and it was horrifying. These grown women literally, you know, working on the farm. One was um, actively working on a beef and sheep farm, highly regarded, but because she wasn't married, because she hadn't got a child and because the brother was married and had Mm. two daughters, but then the son, there was a real nervousness to bring her into the partnership. But she was the one that was farming with the cattle, had the skill set, was the real workability, Mm. the work ethic and everything. But because, well, you haven't got, and then there was not that far from that uh, lady, there was another one. She was a professional uh, in her own right, a separate career, family farm. Again, dad, um, the son had um, some learning, uh, physically looked absolutely great, but would never be able to really run and manage the business solely. Physically, you know, with guidance Mm -hmm. and support, great. But he was also vulnerable to being exploited by women because he was very kind and caring. So dad was thinking the only option was to sell. And the daughter is hugely uh, successful in her own right, has a real vision for the farm, has uh, a great um, ideas and concept and everything. And dad's just going, no. And um, and, and she's going, but. Dad, you know, you you were giving it. What have you done? You know, and Dad would rather be contracting, didn't really enjoy the farming side of things. And she's got, you know, she was going to let some of the farm out, let some of this out, you know, get that guaranteed income and then develop buildings and do lots of different things. And and I don't know whether he was afraid that she would be more successful than him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sounds I, like it. I, I, mm. I don't know. And, and I really felt for these women, mm-hmm. you know, they were women. And that were basically waving up there and just been overlooked, not seen. And I, I think that's a shame. For me, it's not women should get every opportunity. The right person should be the person that gets the opportunity. And if that is a woman, yeah. bloody let them do, do it. Do you know one of the great things that still is in farming, in general, generally speaking, those examples, of course, isn't, but it generally is the right person. Say it's a, a lambing job or a, a, mm. a herding job or whatever. Now, 
the, the awkward thing, if I compare it to like the police, for example, whereas the, the most discriminated against person in the police is the white heterosexual male mm -hmm. because there's loads of us. So no department needs you to make up mm -hmm. quotas and, and make balance the diversity, if you know what I mean. Whereas there's only 20% of cops or something like that are females, maybe one in five. So every department's wanting a, a female to, you know, mm -hmm. like CID was always desperate for more f females to balance it up. Whereas the guys mm -hmm. applying were at a disadvantage straight away. Yeah. Even the though they, they might be more the, the girls, Oh, yeah, the girls were yeah, just Yeah, well, like, we were just hearing a friend mm -hmm. of ours, um, their daughter was wanting to train to be a vet, but because she was from um, parents that had both been to university mm -hmm. and employed, she had to get higher grades than someone else whose parents hadn't gone to university really? and a different postcode. And I'm thinking, to, 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 to be a vet, to study to be a vet. And the, the the grades, the different hoop that had the qualification, um, like right. it's a it's a bonkers world we're living I don't in. Do you know how that's allowed? No, isn't it? That's, that's uh, but there's a name for that. It's the postcode. Um, well, postcode lottery is what they talk yeah, about. Yeah, um, discrimination, postcode discrimination. But it's yeah, where it's but it it, yeah. it is it, like, it it does beg my belief of why the world is where we are with all of this. Do, do you ever um, there's a, a Facebook page called Ladies Who Lamb. Are you on that? <laughs> I do like that one. Yeah, Lizzie shows me some things on it. And I tell you what, like, there's some very funny ones, but there is a, it's actually a great forum for women to, yes. to speak their mind without the fear of ignorant men commenting, being mm -hmm. no-alls. Like, it's a, it's a really, yeah. really good thing. Anyone, any ladies in farming, uh, you don't even need to be into sheep, to be honest with you. No. They speak about all sorts. It's, it's a good place to be. And don't get me wrong, some of the ladies are... As bad as, yes. as ignorant men, some of them are, are needing kicked off the page, if I'm yes. honest. Brutal. Yeah, because they, they, just just well, they just talk down to people mm. as if they're idiots, which is, yeah. is not is not nice because it then closes, those people won't engage yeah. and mm -hmm. won't put their thoughts forward. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's amazing how many ladies come on there and we'll talk about how they're treated by their husbands. Mm -hmm. And it's quite shocking. It is, mm. and, and the farmers' wives mean, uh, you know, pillow talk, you know, and then you go on your phone, you have a little look, oh my God, listen to this. Oh, is this a different page? That's a different one. It's Was very it similar, um, farmers' wives. Farmers' wives, okay. UK fa farmers' wives, UK or something. Is Lizzie on it? Uh, <laughs> you should see what she posts about you, Kelly. Well, it's all wonderful. Don't believe what you see on that YouTube, <laughs> I tell you. It's all wonderful, yeah. praise him. See, sure. I've got the kids to bath and everything. Oh, no, that's true. Shite, <laughs> that's true. Um, but I, I'll, I'll literally look at it again gas and think is this real are people mm. behaving like that and mm. you were talking about um your uh, youtube that got a load of comments about the twice a boy once a man yeah and i did a youtube once and uh, no, just a video on twitter and about um the farm the farm, you know, every, this, it's like a, a being. It's become, it's got its own identity. It's a need. It's greedy. It's jealous. It's demanding. And it's taking people away from their loved ones, their families. And it changes behavior and everything. I think it's just a fecking farm. You know, your loved ones won't wait forever. And, you know, the way people treat because of this addiction that is the farm is sometimes really alarming. And I think we need to get that balance back in about what is life about. And and farming can be good. And I think we've got to change the the work ethic, the the focus, you know, be smarter, be more efficient, you know, be organized and get the jobs done and get home at a decent time and be present with your family and your loved ones. Take your holidays. 
oh, but Heather, how am I going to take my holidays, you know, where it's sole traders, who's going to look after it? You know, there's, there's dog sitters, there's house sitters, farm sitting, what a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, busman's holiday. My Uncle Thomas used to come and look after my, our farm while we went away, and he loved drinking my dad's brandy <laughs> and seeing, you know, oh, robbing us dead sheep as well, you know, and he yeah, thought yeah. it was great. And Well, we were very fortunate, and, actually, to, to bring yeah. Roger into it again. Uh, whenever Lizzie and I go away, uh, the Lord is thy shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, and I shall not stray. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Whenever, whenever anyone asks who's watching things, that's my answer. Yeah. The Lord is thy shepherd and I yeah. shall not stray. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I just think we need to have that time. And, you know, not everybody's motivated by the money. They just want to live in a really nice place. Uh, farm. I don't think many farmers are motivated by money. Oh, there's a few. Um, Do you think so? Oh, there is a little bit. But it's been realistic about what the farm can bring you. And then... Go and do something else to bring the rest of the income. But in. what do the farmers that are motivated with money do with the money? Oh, buy more. Yeah, and and so and, not really motivated by the money. Bigger, bigger. And yeah, they're, the Joneses. They're motivated by success. They're not like they're not. It's not or, about. It's or not keeping about, up with the neighbours and perceived yeah, success. That's a big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. Perceived well, success. Yeah, but or buying yeah. that re- really expensive top or bull. Yeah, but like, I still don't think that's about being obsessed with the money. I think that's more being obsessed with. Growing the farm with with mm-hmm. success and appearing successful, yeah. but money money mm-hmm. allows you certainly an easier route to success. But, but I, to I don't think you could be a successful farmer without money. With money, like with cash. Oh, go on, Iona. Tell me more on this one. Well, I <laughs> you just don't know enough dairy farmers. I just really like to be a successful farmer. You need to be putting that money back in, reinvesting it back you need in to keep the business. Pushing forward, uh-huh. definitely. So I, I yeah. feel like to be a successful farmer, you're always going to be cash poor. Yeah, but then this is where it catches them up she's, the backside. Yeah, back like you've been well brought up. Your yeah. parents will be so proud of oh, you. Oh, your there. dad will be listening. <laughs> you tell them, I want to. You tell them. <laughs> but this is where they get caught with the breaks down when succession comes in because they put every penny mm-hmm. in to build up the farm, mm-hmm. to build up the ground, to build up the infrastructure, to build up the genetics and the breeding. And then we've got a son or a daughter wants to come in or someone wants to leave or buy and we've no cash. We've no cash. Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, there's a time reinvesting in the business because that's growing value, adding mm-hmm. value, building your assets, building your net worth. But then there comes a time where you need to start thinking, right, when do we start investing off farm mm-hmm. to then allow other options and things as well? Yeah. No, 100%. Something we, we, I just want to cover for my own learning while I have you here and I can ask you anything is how does inheritance tax work? It, so you said you it, can it generally it. doesn't. <laughs> It's, it doesn't. So does, any, does anyone pay inheritance tax? Oh gosh, yes. And some people get caught out. So, so I was what speaking is it like if you if your assets are worth over a million, you pay tax, or what's the threshold? So for inheritance so tax? and and there's I come from a long line of poor people. So yeah. We, so this is where we really want a good accountant or sure. solicitor answering here. And and I know some of my professional no, colleagues will be going, it. no, Heather, don't say anything. <laughs> say it with confidence. Say it with They'll confidence. It. Yeah. But that you have you have an allowance that you're allowed and um, and your marital allowance. And, and a lot depends. This is where some farmers that have diversified an awful lot have got to be really careful because you don't get the agricultural relief if your diversifications bring in a greater income than your farming. Okay, interesting. So there's a lot of myths and everything with this. So the I was down in Hereford last week and speaking to a farmer and he says, oh my God, Heather, um, dad eventually died. He's been trying to die for ages, this old boy. And he eventually succeeded. And um, and he's, he said to his, his son, had kept saying, oh, come on, dad, we need to get this will sorted. We need to get these assets sorted out. No, no, I've never paid any tax, never paid any tax. 
But because he was retired and because he wasn't the active farmer, the son has to pay £250,000 inheritance tax. Now, this is the good bit. You have to pay your inheritance tax before you get your legacy. So you the the estate and everything, and I haven't got all the legal terms of what it's all called, but the um, the probate and everything, you have to pay your tax that is due to the government before you get your inheritance. So he's got to find two hundred and fifty thousand. And can you finance against the pending well, the he, fact that I am here's a written thing I am getting. I guess this. a lot depends on your financial situation. Your you might be able to get a bridging loan. You might be able to get mm. something else mm. temporary. Or you might have to sell something to get, you know, this is where it's it becomes really, really complicated. And um, an inheritance tax as well, you know, partnership agreements, you know, is the land in the partnership, is the land out of the partnership, really makes a difference if there's a sudden death, a divorce, you know, of mm-hmm. what the legal rights, what you can get part of. Like it, it's, we should do a double uh, interview on time with an account solicitor talking about mm. it because... It, it is a minefield, and that's why some people put it off because there's a plus and a minus with every decision you make, mm-hmm. um, and it should be reviewed. And I, I would love that everybody has their succession plan in place, shared, and uh, in progress by the age of 50 so that then people have time to transition the wealth or to, to build up the skills to take over um, and, and they know what's coming, but also to review your will and your power of attorney at every year end, in case circumstances have changed mm-hmm. as well, and your executors and trustees, because you need to have the right people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like final, I, I'm just because it, it really interests me that the inheritance the inheritance tax thing. Mm-hmm. What is the threshold? Did you say what you didn't say what the threshold was? I think it is it it's is it seven hundred and fifty thousand. Is it as low as that? So three hundred. It it's changed. It has it, and it's different in England, and it's it's. Mm. You know, there's different rules mm. in different sides um, as not well. There's no farming terms. No, but 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 if if you're an active farmer, so I'm the farmer, and you're going to inherit my farm, I can in you can I can leave a seven million pound farm to you, and there's no inheritance tax if if I gift it on death. So this is where it's so complicated. So the, right, okay, but if the retired. Okay, where did the inheritance tax come? The two hundred fifty thousand, though, because they'd transferred it over and died within no, seven years. No, so that's separate. And this is where it's better an accountant explain it because I could just dig myself a big hole. But that's where it's 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 really important. People have the conversation sooner than later because some people are fine, and you know the advice might be just wait, be patient, and get it on death, and then it's it's valued at today's valuation. And and for others, um, because of why we because you could gift money, you know, you can gift quite a, a lot of money away, and as long as you live the seven years, but then you have to make sure if you've gifted my business to you that I'm not benefiting from it, because I can't you can't gift it away and then benefit from it as well. So you've got to be really careful that you understand. That's okay. why advisors are needed. Yes, yeah. and but I could not re. You know, not advisors. Um, we're going to get a lot. Do you know Margot Scott? I love Margot. Would Margot Scott be qualified? Oh, to talk she'd about be that? brilliant. Yeah. Is that her kind of Margot she, McGill? Um, McGill, yeah, uh, like uh, McGill McGill from yeah. Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. which I is a great TV show. Yeah. Uh, but, right. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, Margot would be great to have in here. She she does mm-hmm. all that. Is success. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. And, okay. Uh, and and I think Margot would come in. And um, am I going an accountant? If you've got a bro accountant. Something that's not dull as 
Right, get get an account. Uh, Try and so just say any sort of farm account. My accountants might come in. They listen to the podcast. Yeah, well, they right. would love to. Shout out to Gordon and Elna. Yeah, just, just back from my cruise. Oh, can't read about well. They're good accountants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I paid for the cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I better just say I'm joking on that front because they're very very good to me. Yeah. Uh, where, where was the cruise? It was yeah. the uh, they started in the Bahamas or Barbados oh. or something. It was like a, oh, it's not like a it's not like a Povo European thing. It's Would like, a cruise appeal to you? I, do you know, I wouldn't actually mind a cruise. I've seen this. I'm not really a holiday person. I get mm. stressed out. And I actually went to the rugby and like, I went to Paris. I was there and, ba- <gasps> I was there and back in 16 hours. We had three and a half weeks for that. There you go. Well, in I'm the actually... fun bus. We took the motor home oh, down around nice. France. Oh, that was cool. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I just hate going away. Like, so I was you, hefted, are you hefted to home? I just, I just don't enjoy it. There's just too much to do. Oh, no. That's like, a just, bad frame set to get into. I don't think it is because I'm so happy. Oh, well. Like, I was saying this to somebody, like, I am... But it's Lizzie. Does she like holidays? No. Oh, right, okay. So that's not... Lizzie's, Lizzie just like... likes work, too. Like, yeah. that's, that's how, you know... That's okay. But that is a lucky match, because a lot of people yes. would struggle well, with that. And, that, know, and I, that is really I chose key. Lizzie for a reason, you know. Like, <laughs> no, see, she chose me, too, but, like, I, when I... I think we've mentioned it here before. I've been married before and divorced because of the farming and... Do, Dispatch, you know, yeah. Yeah, just going different ways. I was never... In, you know, I was a police officer, and then I started farming, and it all went different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew the next one... Had to be light minded, it was a waste of time because all I want to do is work. The shedding gate, no, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd no, already, yeah. funny, I've told this story. I think I've told this, I told this story maybe in Lizzie's podcast that she what? came in lamb for me, yeah, yeah. And, and I watched her, this, uh, I, yeah, she chased you watched her, and uh, yeah, well, she chased a blackie out through like two fields with holes in the fence and caught it eventually. Just and you thought going. she's my bird. Well, I just thought if the day ever comes, I'm phoning her, and that's what I did. Uh, so there's a story again. So yeah, I just thought she's the one, and and it's worked out good for me because mm-hmm. yeah, and she's just into mm-hmm. working as well. Which yeah, is good. and I think second time round you you have got your eyes opened a bit more, aren't you? The the romance and the fairy tale, you realise what's important, what isn't, and the honesty. Mm. Yeah, I would you say were I, young I, as well. I would say I'm worse now than I was like, in terms of work. Like I work probably more now than I did. Uh, maybe not, because I used to do night shifts and then work all day. So actually, mm. that's a lie. I don't. I work hardly anything now compared to what I used to do. But um, yeah, still quite a lot. But, but but when we do things, it's always together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. And the kids, mean, like, the kids yeah. are involved the kids in are that as well. Yeah. So it's like you don't need. And there's that together, great saying: the family that work together. All day. Yeah, the family that work together stay together. Oh, the hate is a beautiful thing. Like <laughs> you know that fire when you're working with sheep, and it's just <laughs> like. How did I end up with you? <laughs> you know, and we're both feeling that way. Yeah. We it's, always it's say so there's great. a girlfriend of mine. We just think if anybody, you know, a walker was going past, we would think you absolutely hated your job. The language, the the tone, the aggression, the hate and everything as well. And you think, oh my God, what are you doing this for? Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, what? You what? You know, like the fallout, the stress, the hit, you know, the... You, yeah. you, you wear one of those Fitbits and you, if you look at... Uh, the blood pressure. Yeah, run about one, two o'clock and you're doing that job with sheep and your heart rate's at 180 because you're <laughs> shouting and bawling and going mentally yeah, at each other. sheep flying <laughs> over the fence, the dogs flying <laughs> over the wall that way. The wains are going to get run over. It's like, why is Jock drinking at the foot bath? Like, <laughs> j- j- <laughs> no, again. Um, we did get a fright the other day, actually. <gasps> fell face first into the foot bath. <gasps> but it was just full of rainwater. Oh but my like, god! That could so easy yeah. have happened because he was just throwing stones in it, god. and it was like, oh, he's just playing, and then he just went to throw a stone. They tripped and just face plant. Our in daughter the, went in the like, midden, and yeah, it just, I was on dad's watch. Thank god. There you go. It, but it just—it was an eye opener to us because yeah. that room full of formalin, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he could have been blinded. Yeah. Like, and that was all like, don't get me wrong. I dare say 
I know. If, if there had been formula in, you would have never been letting them. Yeah. Exactly. I know. But it was still a, like how easy that happened. It could have been bad. It was just rainwater, thankfully. And it was yeah, like, you know, like, God, Grace. Yeah. And it is, there's so many, you know, we're blessed working and living on the farm and having the kids on there. But my dad ran me over when I was three with a Land Rover trailer. So that's, at least I've got. Is an that an excuse. inheritance thing, or is that? Yeah, my brother. <laughs> yeah, apparently my brother remembers pushing us. <laughs> Get out of the way and yeah, down. Yeah, step over there. Yeah. Oh, farm's yeah. mine. Covered the farm's in pig muck, waiting at the hospital when I was still unconscious. Is that yeah. right? Uh-huh. Jeez. No back injuries were all right. Or? No, I've got the twitch in there. That's... I see that. That explains a lot. Does, I have heard folks. At least I've got a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was just born this way. Yeah. Uh, but no, listen, uh, Heather, it's been amazing. Like we could sit here all day and talk mm. about various things. I, I bet you could tell us a heap more great succession stories. Oh, because God, yeah. I, yeah, the ones you I, have I've told been us. told I have to write a book, and I, I keep thinking, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I should, but I was like, oh God. Just call it succession. Succession. Mm-hmm. What sa- would you call it? Do you have it? Su- su- succession, the savior's way. I don't know. Um, confessions of a succession facilitator. I don't know. What would you call it? This is really open to feedback and questions yeah give us suggestions some, give us some suggestions for Hale's book I'm trying because you um, you were saying yeah. the other way folk can get me um, with, there's podcasts and different things as well I've done um, if anyone wants to hear but there's the Saviour's Guide to Succession is a, a pack that people can read and have a go through and it's some really good tips and tools and things as well so they can download uh, and can I just that. clarify are you the saviour I am the saviour very religious this podcast yeah mm, controversial yeah. that as well it is but she thinks she's a saviour <laughs> I think she is as well. When the only one true saviour is our Lord and Father Jesus Christ. Jason. 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 <laughs> 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 missed that right there, didn't I? Oh, I missed that one. I was hoping the whole time. Oh, I missed that one. I know. So I know. He's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Can you believe I didn't I know, see that? Lord and Saviour Jason Christ. You've disappointed so good. me. Yeah. yeah okay. no, I might cut that in later. It just goes to show I only listens. Yeah, I might cut that in later. I'll just pretend I got it right. Um, so that would have been such <laughs> oh. a funny ending. But anyway, yeah, I'll probably need to cut all the bit about the... Catholic Church and all that. It's quite oh. controversial, but anyway, sponsors won't yeah. like it. No, nah, Leanne. Really Leanne. What would Joe Rogan do? Cut it. Aye, he probably would. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Heather, it, it's been fantastic having you in. Thanks very much. Thank you both. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat. There's a lot of laughs in there, but a lot of good stuff too. I feel like I should comment on my my comments regarding the Catholic Church, all very light-hearted here, folks. Let's not get too upset. And I did a bit of checking. The Catholic Church is the second largest landowner in the world after King Charles, and they have 177 million acres. So quite impressive, guys. Well done to big up the Pope. Well done. So that's it. I've said enough. Stop now. Stop. Uh, thanks very much for listening, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, if you want to support the podcast, please do check us out, fedbyfarmers.co.uk. Click the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you are listening on your podcast player, please hit that follow button so you'll be notified whenever we post new podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you for the next one.